Oh, hi. Thanks for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage. Keeping the one I got. Oh my life. <laughs> yes. And I'm your co-host, Marlon. And my Twitter handle this week is going to be put it down. Put it down. Ooh. And I'm gonna express what that is. Ooh. I've seen too many videos of people doing really strange things to food. And I'm over it. Uh, I'm over it. There I know what you're talking about. Two videos that I just saw this weekend that I am very, very, very disturbed about. Um, and it's making me side eye a lot of people, and I'm starting this right now. If I don't know you personally, I'm not eating at your house. If you didn't buy the food, I'm not eating at your house. Because if this is what y'all doing to food, some of my favorite foods, no. I used to think that people were tripping like, when they be like, I don't eat everybody's food, I don't fuck with everybody's food like that. But after what I have seen this weekend, y'all own something. And I'm jumping on board. I'm not doing it. Two things before we get started. And I know I kind of jumped in with this. No, no, no. That's but okay. Go ahead. This is, I, just, I just can't. First of all, there's a video going around of a young lady cleaning chicken and seasoning it in her sink. Now, that's not far-fetched. It's not perfect. No, we have like gotten, you know, evolved in the way that we handle things. You know, we realize salmonella is real. You know, yes. we, we know that we do things differently. We put on our gloves. We clean them and clean them in pans. All the stuff, season them right. What up? Miss Thing. Oh God. Filled the sink up with water. Okay. Put the chicken wings in the water. Okay. Mm-hmm. So far, not so bad. Right. Not so bad. Right. Do you know what she poured in the water to clean said chicken? Please don't tell me she poured dishwashing liquid. That was the second thing. What was it? And not the most problematic. What was it? The first thing she poured in there, ladies and germs, was Clorox, no splash, 
bleach. I'm not eating at her house Sweet. ever in life. I need y'all to understand something. Ever in life. Clorox, Mm-mm. no splash bleach to clean her chicken and had the audacity to say that she learned it from her mama. Oh, hell no. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That is oh, not hell no. You oh. thought that was the worst part? Okay. Let me tell you more. Okay. Then she had the nerve to drain the water with the bleach and the dawn that she just cleaned these chicken wings with. Then, in the same sink, mind you, I don't even think she rinsed the chicken off after she drained the water. It don't sound like she did. Then she began to wait for it, season the same chicken in the sink. After the seasoning was on the chicken, it gets worse. Then the wings fell inside the garbage disposal. What did she do? Took it out and finished seasoning it. I'm not, I'm not doing eating this it now. I'm disgusting. not doing this with y'all. You want to die. You clearly want to die. Second one, and then we're going to get into the episode because goddamn it. Second one, okay. a gentleman with a big, large pan of wingettes. Looking like they're ready for cooking. You know, we, like, we love a nice party wing. Okay. He decided that he was going to show us his seasoning regimen. Okay. Let me run down to y'all what this man put on his chicken. And I might miss a few, but I'm giving you the generalization. Okay. Onion powder. Mm-hmm. Garlic powder. Mm-hmm. And mind you, the pan is big, so he used copious amounts. There was a lot. Ew. Onion powder, mm-hmm. garlic powder, mm. paprika. There was pink Himalayan sea salt. Why is so it salty hot. as hell? So far, these seasonings in moderation together could work. Let's put that out there. Yeah, it could work, it still but it's still my blood pressure is rising. Okay, thank you. Paprika, mm-hmm. black pepper, turmeric. Now, turmeric has been put on chicken wings. Some people might not know. Again, the flavors separately in moderation, cool. But all together, sir, you're doing a lot. Then, there's more, so we're up to seven. Okay. Cumin, another seasoning. Sure, great. This is where it gets weird. And not so weird, but weird for me because I don't eat this shit. Then he put mustard on it. That's, Granted, not, that's, that's not uncommon. Right. Then he put pickle juice on it. Now you're doing a lot. You're doing a lot, sir. That's a lot of salt. You're doing that a lot. That is a lot of salt. He was not done. Then he put honey on it. Oh, weird. Again. No, it, it's not weird. It's something it's else. Not, it's not weird, but the seasonings that you just lined out, that just throws the taste off. He was not done. Oh, God. He was not done. What now? He was not done. I believe after that, he put some hot sauce on it. Again, not weird, but all of those together, sir? What are we doing? And then to top it all off, Uh do you know what he put on there last? What? Sangria. I'm done. I'm so done. I'm no longer eating at your houses. If I don't know you, sweetheart, if I'm coming to your house and you're already cooked, I am bringing my own plate. I am eating before I come because it's getting weird. 
it's just really getting weird. Y'all doing a lot. So, I, it was a rant at the top of the show, y'all. I'm sorry, but I had to get that out. So, when y'all see my Twitter handle say, put it down, know that that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Put it down. Don't touch it. Because what the hell? Please don't touch it. <laughs> Please. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I can't. So, yeah. Um, we're going to take it out of here and go right into... I had to adjust myself because my co-host had a rant at the top of the show. It was in my spirit. I'm sorry, y'all. It, it came out of nowhere, y'all. He was being delivered, and I had no choice but to let him go off the handle. Oh, that just sounds disgusting. Oh, my God. And I would never eat at any of y'all. <laughs> How's that Never again. Never again. Uh, um, it's time to get into scroll on, girl. Get your ass up and flush. flush. Right and flush. Whatever you, whatever you do. Whatever you do. Just right. do it right. Um, I want to start off by shouting out a legend. I'll shout out to Patty LaBelle. Her name comes up oh, in the late, um, as of late. And sis at the age of 70 is on to something. What she said? At 77. This mm-hmm. is coming from people. Um, she has not interested in dating yet. Hmm. I'm just living my life like this platinum. I'm not. Hello? Okay. Like a record? Like the record. Uh, in this week's issue of People on Newsstands Friday, the music legend says she's not interested in dating any, uh, dating again at 77. In 2000, LaBelle and her ex-husband, Edward, separated after 31 years of marriage. They finalized their divorce in 2003. Instead, she says, I'm just living my life like it's platinum. Thank God I have a lot of people... A lot of people who care for me, she adds. I live alone with my dog, Mr. Cuddles, and I'm looking for love from anybody. I am. Now, it just resorts back to my frustration mm-hmm. that it leads into Lonnie's rant. Okay. I have not ranted about dating since, like, season one of right. the show. Like, season one, season two, for the most part. Mm-hmm. But let alone my escapades with it that y'all are overdue with my frustration. <laughs> I am about five seconds from deactivating everything. I'm about five seconds from walking away from everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm about five seconds from spazzing the fuck out and going on full paragraph rants about how disgusted I am with you people. Mm-hmm. I don't understand for the life of me. You could be sitting here looking for anything in general. Y'all fuck up everything. Y'all fuck up trying to get to know somebody. Y'all fuck up even being a friend with benefits with a person. Y'all just, in general, fuck up. Now, how you fuck up the friend with benefits thing? Now, because people make appointments and don't follow through with said appointments. Oh, child. Now, wait a minute. You can't be making no dick appointments if, and don't follow through. If mama is 77 and saying, I'm done with this shit, I'm saying, trying to say that shit at 34 at this point. Because... My God, dating in general, it, I wish it was back in the day mm-hmm. before y'all hoes learned how to be casual. Mm-hmm. Well, excuse me, mislearned how to be casual. Come on. Because y'all don't know how to do that. Y'all nice. don't know how to date. Y'all don't know how, y'all know how to do everything and be awkward. Like, I'm already awkward. Two awkward people need not go down that road. <laughs> okay. I just, mm, we're going to get into that later on in the show but, when it comes to staying with this shit. But, so, do you think that it has her decision at 77, her decision to be like, I'm through with it, love, shout out to Destiny Child. Yes. Um, do you think... And shout out to Michelle Williams, we're going to get to that a little bit mm, later too. Because mm, that she retweeted, first of all, she replied to my tweet, but her book, we're going to... When we we might as well start a book club 
because I'm advising everyone, and I want y'all to hear me, and this is not paid in any way, shape, or form. Sidebar real quick. Michelle Williams' book is a must-fucking-read, especially if you have saved assistance in your life, and that is depression and anxiety. Come on. Go and get that shit. Satan's assistance just took me out. I live. Satan's assistance. I live. <laughs> when I it gets real again, we will get to that. I will have a full discussion. I am close to halfway into this book, but baby, when I tell y'all, I'm so glad I got back into reading. But yes. but um, do you think that her success has a big part to do with that type of decision? Because I know that people are like a lot of people because I see it online all the time. There are a lot of people that are just like, this dating and relationship and love shit is for the birds. I ain't got time. Fuck everybody. It That's how, it, like, you don't want to be that person. Right. But eventually what ends up happening is you get frustrated. Mm-hmm. It's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. And especially if you already have your own set of insecurities that you're still working through. Right. That does nothing but perpetuate them, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Especially dealing with... <sighs> The landfill that we call dating of 2021. Ugh. I mean, hell, I even feel bad for people that are poly because Jesus Christ. Hell, that don't please don't get me started with poly dating and the whole poly landfills. Y'all think it's sweet on the poly side? It's 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 a fuck over here. It's trust. I'm. It's trust me. Poly <laughs> and open. I can only imagine. Which I'll go through when it turns to dating. Because it's a lot of folks that feel like, oh, I'm going to just go poly and then that's going to be the move. No, sweetie. There's there's a lot more that goes into being poly than meets the eye, but this is not about that's that. That's so. Oh, it'll be an episode later. Mm-hmm. Trust. It'll be one later. Hello. Um, Patty, bless, sis. And you're also my Gemini sister. I love you. <laughs> um, so, after years of disputing back and forth, Come to find out, the James Brown estate is nearing a settlement after 15 years. I didn't even know that they were like in litigation for that that long. This is coming from the I'm hoping saying right the Greco.com. Mm-hmm. Um, for the past 14 years, Brown's children, administrators, and former lover have been entangled in a legal battle over the Rock and Roll Hall of Famers' estate and assets. Um, sk- skimming through it just a bit, um, the settlement follows two months of lengthy mediation discussions um and basically the children uh, representative for his kids said that it was settled mm-hmm. so the way that this works and this is from this is coming from the inside um michael actually purchased james brown's whole discography okay what ends up happening is when a lot of people don't know that allegedly I have to throw that word in there. This is all alleged. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Michael Jackson did purchase his whole catalog, mm-hmm. but Sony acquired Michael's catalog. Right. So they acquired James Brown's catalog as well. Mm. And because, if I'm not mistaken, he was in the process of a divorce, or he was already divorced when he passed, mm-hmm. it left in limbo who would take control of the estate. Right. So that's why they've been fighting for nearly 15 years. So all the time that you have been streaming James Brown, you haven't been play- paying his estate mm. because they have no publishing, no nothing. Damn. Yeah, that's it's it's weird because you have to start to set that up, especially when that time comes. You have to appoint those people. Like, this is who I want to be in control of that. Or this person and an attorney is my estate. Gotcha. When you don't establish one, things like this happen. 
And it all just gets really messy because y'all know how folks get when people die, especially if you're famous and you got coin and all this other stuff. Ugh. Everybody just turns into huh, something Ooh. totally different. <laughs> like, like anything we say here is alleged. Right. I throw it out there allegedly. Mm. <laughs> That's strange. I'm going to get it together though. Kid Cudi pops up in the news as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, shout out to the girls that love to go get their manicures done. Hello. Apparently, his fans had a problem with that. He likes to do it too. <sighs> like, um, I don't understand what this fascination is of policing the black man. And we've been doing this for years. Forever? Y- decades. Forever. Ever, ever. Yes. Out, shout out to Outcasts. <laughs> um, it's so weird because I get mixed reactions when I get a uh, um, gel manicure. Mm-hmm. And it's, first of all, can y'all please drop some of the names that y'all nail text? For real. Because, because <laughs> it's the summertime. I like to show off my hands. Right. Can y'all drop the names of some of these nail texts? I need to know from me. Listen, if you know any nail texts in the Jersey area, please let us know because I need, you know, I want to get my flashy things on. I've been doing okay. But I've been wanting some extra shit that you know, I go to can't do. Right. I mean, shout out, shout out to my nail salon. They they do what they do. Mm. But need a little bit more. Need a little, a little need, bit more. Need a, a, a sprinkle of more. Yeah. So this is coming from Complex.com. On Saturday night, the man of the man on the moon rapper took his Twitter to announce that he disabled his comments on his most recent Instagram post, and in which is seen rocking a helmet while flashing a peace sign. Seems pretty harmless, right? Mm-hmm. Well. It's a large number of followers took issue with Cuddy's painted nails and began to flood the comment section to express their objections. My thing is this. So, this is where I have to start side-eyeing y'all. Because if you know anything about fashion and trends, you know that history repeats itself. We literally go through decades of fashion and repeat and bring back an era of fashion in every decade. Mm-hmm. This decade has, and I'm speaking of the 2020s, um, has brought back androgynous fashion, which is linked to a lot of different things. So you have a lot of male representation that are wearing more feminine pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, you have men that are wearing more makeup, men that are wearing like painted nails and stuff like that. This shit, nothing is new under the sun. We are literally repeating the era of Prince, the era of rock bands like Aerosmith and Kiss and Big T's hair and all that stuff, but we've modernized it, and here we are. But y'all be so hell-bent on policing masculinity and further perpetuating the cycle of male misogyny, patriarchy, and all of these other, like, trigger words that have to do with this toxic-ass bullshit when it comes around men. And when you put it on a black man, it's even worse. But what really bothers me is that y'all pick and choose who y'all pissed off about this with. He actually decided to tweet something. Tell me about it. Turn off the com- turn off comments on Instagram. Seems people really have, an, have a problem with me painting my nails. I got tired of blocking so many accounts. I really need you to understand if you don't like me doing this, or anything I do, please don't buy my albums, don't come to my shows, fuck way off. Now, this is my problem. Y'all have a problem with Kid Cudi 
getting gel manicures. That's exactly what it is. I'm going to yeah. call it spade a spade. It is a gel manicure. Mm-hmm. But y'all didn't have that same energy for Snoop Dogg. Ooh. Y'all didn't have that same energy for Wiz Khalifa. Ooh. Let's be real about the thing. Ooh. Like, these people, y'all let skate with getting manicures and having actual, oh, because they were weed on weed imp- um, implants on their nails. Is it Ooh. is that what it is? Is that not still a manicure, sis? It's still a man. It's still a gel manicure. Is that not still a design, sis? It's still a design, sis. Mm. And y'all are mad because he has solid, like almost glitter esque nail prints on his nails. And shout out to Kid Cudi because the manicure looks sickening from the two figures I can see. I love those. First of all, I want to know because <laughs> one is metallic. <laughs> yeah, but can I talk? It's like metallic teal, y'all. Yes. And the second finger. It's like this orange-ish color. I'm just sitting here obsessed. Like, how do it I looks get these good colors? Shit. I like that. I'm obsessed, and I need it now. For real. I need it now. Gimme. So, hmm. We're going to go into the story of Richard Sherman. Yes. Now, this week, um, Young Rich <laughs> has caught himself in a world when um, he was arrested for domestic violence, apparently. <sighs> Um, this story is coming directly from CNN. It says NFL star Richard Sherman was arrested early Wednesday after allegedly trying to break into the home of his in-laws and fighting with officers in Redmond, Washington, police said. The former San Francisco 49ers cornerback uh, was being held at Kings County Correction Facility after being booked by Redmond police at 6.08 a.m., um, he was expected to have an initial trial appearance, uh, court appearance on Thursday. I'm skimming at this point. But they, I believe they said they dropped the charges. Let me look. So, what? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, they dropped the charges. I'm piecing it together because I actually did my research beforehand. But that was literally from the 14th. This is the updated one. Um, where he actually released the statement. He says he's remorseful for his actions that led to his arrest. Please not guilty to misdemeanors. So, my thing is, sir, well, what the hell were you doing? You was trying to break in your in-law's house. Did you see the video? I did not. Well, um, <laughs> for all contents and purposes, the video that I have actually is coming directly from the Shade Room. Oh, um, And I have to turn to the value. What he, at 6.08 in the morning is what he did. Now, he did release a statement, as I was saying, um, and this is, in, excuse me, the statement in its entirety. I'm deeply remorseful for my actions on Tuesday night. I behaved in a manner that I am not proud of. I have been dealing with some personal challenges over the last several months, but this there that is an, an excuse for how I acted. The importance of mental and emotional health is extremely real, and I vow to get the help I need appreciate all people who reached out and supported me and my family, including our community here in Seattle. I'm grateful to have an amazing wife, family, and support system to lean on during this time. I need y'all to go get help. Because why are you so mad? Why are you so mad? And, and, and not to say that you can't be mad, but child, y'all be doing a whole lot and putting a lot on the line in the name of being pissed off at whatever. I don't know what he was going through, but I'd have called the police on your ass too. 
I would have too. I'm sorry. It's six o'clock in the morning, so bitch, I just rolled over. I just rolled over. I got, like you got everybody in here riled up. It's six in the morning. Why are you throwing all this cayenne on my eggs this early? I don't um, look, not cayenne <laughs> on my eggs. Why are you doing that? I don't understand. So, in summary, I'm going to wrap this whole thing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say, first of all, shout out to T-Pain. Shout out. T-Pain has a wonderful, wonderful message that he left for everyone mm-hmm. that he made on Switch. I'm going to play the video directly and see if, let's see if this goes through. Yep. This is a direct insert from the video that I'm playing right now. else just we you you know when your shit sounds like somebody else's shit you're making it because you think you because you're in the studio like what's the number one record right now we need to make another one of those stop doing that stop you're not original give me some original shit give me some are you seriously telling me that you sat here and watched me tell a bitch to eat a dick and you thought that wasn't original are you seriously sitting here telling me that eat a dick is the bad part of music? Stop! Just fucking do something else! Just, god damn it! Do some different music! We have all the shit that you're doing. We already have it. Lil Uzi Vert is already doing it. Lil Baby is already doing it. The Baby is already doing it. It's literally two niggas with baby in their names that's already doing all the music you want. Do something else. I would continue to play, but I think you got the point from what I just played. <laughs> um, T-Pain, thank you for saying what we all could not find the strength to say publicly out loud. We appreciate you, brother, but let's talk to the young individuals that have a problem and say that he's hated. Mm. Um, T-Pain has gone through a lot of scrutiny in the music industry, let alone to be one of the most underrated artists in the game and does not get the flowers that he deserves. If it was not for him, and I'm going to say it publicly, and this ain't allegedly, if it wasn't for him, y'all would not know how to use auto-tune at all to work with y'all voices. Mm. He even taught Kanye. Let's be perfectly clear about the manager speaking on this man gave us a great run of hits and it's still influential to this day so yes he has a fight in here to say what he needs to say and to be respected in the same merit because of the fact that he's put in the work in the time listen i don't think that people understand the legacy of t-pain they don't you have to understand that t-pain came into the game literally and i've watched I watched the show on Netflix. <clears throat> uh, I, you know what? I, my friend has been saying for the longest I need to watch This Is Pop. Yes, This Is Pop. And they centered around T-Pain and his like journey into the music business and how when he came in, he was literally looking for something different. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be original, wanted something different, something fresh to make him stand out from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And he found auto-tune. Again, a callback to something I said earlier, auto-tune is not new. There's nothing new under the sun. Those of us that are of a certain age that know anything about Zap and Roger, mm-hmm. i.e. computer love, that was done in the 80s, long time ago, and he was the innovator, and they did the same thing to him that they did to T-Pain, which was, what the fuck is this shit? It sounds weird. We don't like it. 
he found a way to tweak it to the point where yes. it's more presentable to the ear. Exactly. Like, yes, we all love computer love. Computer love is a classic. Yeah. But at the same token, you hear when he used the vocoder. Right. Where it's not pitched properly, where it's, where it's pleasable to the ear. Exactly. He found a way to make it pleasable to the ear. If I'm not mistaken, he makes that with Pro Tools. Yeah. I could be wrong. Correct me if I am. Yes. But even with that, when T-Pain hit, people, like, the rap industry was like, what the fuck is this? What are you doing? This shit is whack. We hate this shit. But while people in the rap game were downing him, he blew the fuck up. I need y'all to understand that the chokehold that T-Pain had on the early 2000s. People don't get it. It's we ridiculous. He, he, was, he was buying drinks. We was going to the bartender. We was in love with strippers. And then after he hit, it, he literally split the line. And he had people that hated it. And he had people that loved it. And then eventually, right after he did that, he taught Kanye how to do it. Kanye dropped 808s and Heartbreaks, and then all you bitches jumped on board. And then you everybody sounded like T-Pain after that. Yeah. Every, and they started working with him. He was a, You couldn't find a song without him being a feature on it. Y'all don't give the man his flowers. He deserves them. So him telling you right now, bitch, I'm tired. Give me something original. If anybody can say that right now, it's yeah, him. Good. I literally started my career and said, I want to do something original. I came out and did something original, and it spread like wildfire. It became the standard for an era of music. And I wholeheartedly agree with him. All this shit sounds the same. It does. And even, like, right now, I'm in the middle of still watching um, the Encore mm-hmm. on BET, which is where they bring, like, all the former girls from, like, the girl groups, right. and they come into the house. Like... First of all, I have not gotten into this show yet, but I'm a child. Like, I, I have a friend here, okay, mm-hmm. who, with media consumption, I got to chokehold him and watch the Mind you, I watched the first episode for me. Yay for you. <laughs> I need to catch up to yes. what I'm about to get to. Now, the crazy part is, what you do realize with T-Pain, the root of that is definitely ageism. Yeah. Like, for some odd reason, today's consumer, if you're not, if you're, like, over 25, they're, like, you yeah. timed out. Mm-hmm. And that's normally what happens to a lot of our artists, especially people that paved the way. Like, T-Pain is a legend because of the fact that he ushered in the proper use of auto-tune. I'll say that and dispute anyone to try, and start, to try me on it. Mm-hmm. But I say all that to say this. When you look at the encore and see how... First of all, I love looking at certain things from a different eye now because... I'm looking at it as these women are creating this division and all this drama, though I understand that it is for ratings. It's like y'all have a whole project that y'all have 30 days to complete. And y'all have spent more time arguing than in the studio. And then they're like, oh, we don't like the fact that the Cherish twins want to produce everything. And they're like, if you want to produce something, come downstairs and say that. Mm. Like, it's a communication thing, but a lot of the issue with the twins from Cherish, which is Felicia and Fallon, they aged out a lot of the girls there from what I could see. And they're like, oh, well, I don't know how we're going to pitch these girls because a lot of them are older. Mm-hmm. They're the youngest. Like, they're under 30. Mm-hmm. But I feel like so they were real young when they came They out. were real young when they came out. But then what also came out was <laughs> something Elijah Blake said on the show. He was like, they're talking a lot, but a lot because a lot of the division came from Aubrey. I hate to say it, but yes, a lot of the division came from her. Elijah Blake was saying to her, it's funny that the Cherish Twins had something to say about me, but 
when you look at all the groups that are in the house, like the girls that came for certain groups, like Aubrey from Dandy came, mm-hmm. um, you have the two other girls, which is um, Misha and Irish from 702, right. then you got Pam from Total, you have Shamari from Black, you got Nivea, mm-hmm. you have all these other people. Cherish saw the least amount of success. That's true. They saw the that least amount of true. success out of all the girls in the house. Very true. They saw the least amount of success, and this is including one solo artist. She saw more success than they did. And wasn't even around that damn long. Wasn't. And it's like, y'all coming here and doing all this. Listen, we got a mission to accomplish here. We need to finish this project. It's, it's a lot of drama, but it circles back around to when they were going through those debates when it came to their arguments with the Cherish Twins, is ageism. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of the root of a lot of things. It's like, they'll discredit T-Pain because of the fact that he's older and he's a vet and we regard him as a legend and we hold what he has to say in regard because, in all honesty, he voiced the, first, the frustration of a lot of us mm-hmm. that we don't know how to put into words. Right. So I'm not going to take disrespect to T-Pain. He said what he said, and personally, personally, I agree. You do. <laughs> we are going to refill our cups mm-hmm. before we get back. Yes. And then we get into a new segment. Actually, oh. I have an icebreaker when we come back before we get into this new segment. Let's refill these cups. We'll be right back. You know what? What's up, It's something missing here. It's like a blank. We just want to refill our cups mm-hmm. and everything, but it's a blank. Something should be here. Something. Yeah. You know, we can promote a product. Yes. We could be sitting here gathering listener letters. You know? We could be doing things. Things. All those things. All those lovely things. But we need y'all to participate. If you want advertisement, this is Inquiries Only. Please email us at wrihpodcast at gmail.com. And we still want y'all listener letters. Mm-hmm. So if you have a listener letter for us, you want us to talk about some shit, you want some advice. You want us to scream at you, fuck that nigga, walk away. <laughs> yeah. Okay, our listener letters go to is at wryhpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, this is inquiries. Wryhpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, right. Listener letters. Ask wryhpodcast at gmail.com. With that being said, let's get back into the show. Let's do it. You gotta do that. You gotta do that to wake up. Mm-hmm. You gotta do the things. So, um, on the bench this week is gonna be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of talking about shows we're watching, because I have to get up to date on my shows as of yet. Mm-hmm. I have not watched The Shy. I have not watched Flatbush Misdemeanors as of yet, which I plan on doing today for all the shows I'm mentioning. And also have to start raising Canaan. Now, Marlon does not watch Power. I don't. So, anybody wanna jump on here to talk with me about Power? Anything in the power umbrella, please <laughs> let me know because yes. I'm not even gonna make him at this point. That means he gotta watch power from the very beginning. Listen, I was clearly an Empire girl when it was out. I watched that up until the drama that broke the show, mm-hmm. but I did not watch power. So I'm sorry, it would take entirely too long for me to catch up on that. So, in the meantime, between time, Marlon has been doing something else. He has been binging two classic animation shows. Because nostalgia works everywhere. And it's Family Guy in American Dad. Yes! Now, if you guys don't know, back in my 20s, 
I live, especially for like, I'm gonna say it's like season three, four, and five of American. Oh, excuse me, of uh, Family Guy. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, uh, the sarcasm. Yes. The humor. Yes. The innovation. Yes. It's all there. It's all there. All it's there. all there. You know, I I love both of these shows and <clears throat> the similarity similarities with the cast and the setup is not lost on me. Um, they are all they are both the um, sons of the Simpsons. Let's just throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all along the same lines. But I have a hard time choosing between which one I really really like because I was having a conversation with a friend last night while I was out um, about both of these shows and I was telling them that I was binging it too mm-hmm. and they were saying that they were much like you where they were like they actually appreciate and love Family Guy mm-hmm. more than they like American Dad I appreciate Family Guy more too and I struggle with that because I love them both but there is something about American Dad that moves me a little bit more sometimes because the ignorance that is Roger. <laughs> the ignorance that is Roger. And maybe it's because, you know, I'm so super gay and Roger is all of the non-binary, queer, faggoty, raggedy bullshit all through and through. The things you need. The, like, the things that I need in my life. The things that Roger does on that show alone sends me. All First of his of all, characters and dressing up, all that shit is so much. First of all, sidebar, real quick before we get into this debate, we have to acknowledge something. What's that? First of all, I had it in the topics and literally gazed over it by accident. Wow. So the Emmy nominations did take place. Wow. Wow. First of all, for a canceled series, Lovecraft Country is leading the pack with 18 nominations for a canceled show. Canceled. First of all, shout out to Misha Green, who is the person that wrote and produced the show. Ma'am. So, let's be perfectly clear. Sis also put out the receipt that they were saying that they didn't envision the show past one season. She dropped the receipt that she already outlined season two and even seasons beyond season two. You can't lie about things like that. But she does now have a deal with Apple TV, so she is coming back. Yes! Oh my god! Also, while he is fanboying out, there's also one other thing that we must touch on real quick. What's that? First of all, can we please give a hand clap to MJ Rodriguez for finally receiving the lead? It's about time y'all showed up to the party. MJ, girl! Shout out to everyone nominated. Also, Blackish received nominations along with This Is Us. Mm -hmm. The things were collected with the Emmys this year. We love it. Now, back to this classic debate here. Mm-hmm. Um, for nostalgia purposes, I always will go with Family Guy because Family Guy tickles my shit every time. <laughs> Listen. You know, because the, re- the recipe is followed on both of these shows because while I love Roger and all of his antics, we have to give it up for our queer prince that is Stewie. Stewie is everything. Listen... Listen, listen, Stewie. It's everything I need. Like. Oh my God! Now, okay, so let me ask you this: So, okay. would you say that between the two shows, I'm gonna be like really biased here, but y'all gonna agree with me because you know it's real. The queer representation of both of those shows are the characters that carry those shows, Stewie and Roger. But the crazy part was they they. First of all, Seth Rogen 
tap dance on so many lines in both shows. Always does. Always does. He tap dances on lines. First of all, can we please get into the humor that is Meg? Meg, Meg too. Meg. <laughs> but again, more queer representation because the androgyny... Every time they do any future episodes, she is always a butch lesbian. Like, I'm just putting it out there. First of all, okay, I, the, my favorite, one of my favorite episodes of Family Guy, and mm-hmm. my God, it was the one where Meg was, uh, Meg was obsessed with Brian. That tickled me. <laughs> that tickled me something serious. Oh. You want to be here for a quiet? Listen. A while. A while. A while. Yo. You, you can't have it without cool. Listen. Like, you're going out of your way to overpronounce the pee. I can't. I can't. Yo. And then. I have rewatched that part alone so many fucking times. Yo, American Dad. Yo, with Roger, the fucking Ricky Spanish episode. No, 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 no. Oh my god. No, 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 no. He's the unsung hero in American Dad is Steve. Yes! Yes! Our RB I, legend. Yes, our RB legend. <laughs> <laughs> He's trapped in a closet. Yo, I. Just trying to the closet is classic. I'm just kidding. And then anytime he busts out the songs, realize he got this it is airy. He got it all of a sudden has a six pack and a chiseled chest. Yo. Out of nowhere. I'm like, what the fuck? It's all just a fucking mess. I mean, I love them both. I lean towards either one depending on the season. Literally, it's like, it's no right answer. Yeah. Though, yes, I may sit here and say I I prefer Family Guy, I, of course, thoroughly enjoy American Dad as well. Yes. Like, I'm sitting here referencing Steve and wanting to have a choose a, t- a chest yes. and flipping abs to sing a song. Yes. I'm like, first of all, unsung R&B legend Get it. Steve. Fuck in that case. Yeah. Well, and that's that on that for On The Bench. I hope to come back next week. Not even hope. We're coming back next week with content that I should talk about yes, as I spawn the content to my co-hosts. But all it's, consumption. it's all about consumption. I'm about to be on that ass. Yes. So, speaking of consumption, I have a new segment for the whole nation. Yes, he does. So, I'm going to wait to ask my questions. Yeah. So, my new segment for Who Raised You Hoes is called Marlon is Stirring the Pot. If a pot, he's making a mac and cheese noise, minus six. Ooh, hello. So, so Marlon Stirring the Pot came up literally about how I consume information online. Now, we're all connected to our phones. Some of us have the great liberty of being able to put this bitch down for more than two hours. But I scroll a lot. And between scrolling through... Twitter, Instagram, and sometimes Facebook. I find certain things <laughs> that spark thoughts in my mind that I want to discuss, but I don't always get the chance to. So, stirring the pot is going to be me taking things that I have read and or seen online while I've scrolled and bringing them to the whole nation so that we can discuss it. And I know it's going to stir the pot because my lovely co-host, Lene. Is Sorry. always triggered when I stir the pot. So here we are. 
he's gonna be a troll. And then he wonders why. <laughs> then he wonders why I call him a troll because he's a huge one. Because he trolls me and he does it well, so I have to pay him back. It's fine. I got something for that ass next week. Anyway, so we're gonna start off light. Okay. Um, and we're gonna talk about alt slash free Twitter. Oh, Lord. Why would you do this? Because this is the thing. This is, you know, I be wanting to know shit. And, like, free Twitters always intrigue me. Now, I'll tell y'all why. Okay. So, when it comes down to free Twitters, I'm always intrigued because you either get it one or two ways. Mm-hmm. Either you get somebody that's just, like, straight out, all I got is a free Twitter. This is what I'm doing. Very sexy screen names and handles and shit. All the dick and ass pussy, whatever you like, you can handle. It's always there. But you have the alternate free Twitters of people that you already follow their quote-unquote regular page. And then you find out they got a free Twitter. Mm. Maybe you didn't know about it. Mm. Maybe you stumbled upon it. Mm. Who knows? But it always intrigues me. So I'm going to start off by asking this question. When does one make the decision to have an alternate Twitter account. Mm, I mean, I mean, why are you asking me this question? I mean, because because why? Because you got one hole. What are you talking about? Because you got one hole. What are you talking Cause about? Because you do. You- and we're not gonna reveal the screen name because that's another question I got. But just admit that you got one. I can't confirm it. Oh, you fucking lying. Anyway, he got one. I got the proof. I got the facts. That's it. That's all. So again, as I said, answer my question. When did you make the decision to have a free Twitter? What what goes on in your mind to say, I need one now? Like, what's going on? If this were to be facts. (laughs) Uh, Bitch, I'm going to maybe spit out my drink. If this were to be fact, uh-huh. um, I guess you could say someone would want to just mask out certain things, like you got the wrong type of people following you. I'm assuming. Oh, you're assuming. So, yeah, this is like the data I feel like. Allegedly. Uh-huh. Allegedly. Data I feel like this. Uh huh. I just, well, for me, it's like, and, and this is coming from a person, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I have a pinwheel of things on my Twitter. Now, I do not shy away from liking all of my porn and smut. So if you're my friend and you see something random coming down your timeline, know that I put it there because I liked it. So deal with it. Block me or unfollow me. Um, But also, like, on my actual timeline is more, like, funny stuff, uh, inspirational quotes, think pieces that I think are interesting, all of those things are just like how it looks. But if you go into my likes, you're going to see a totally different situation. So, I don't necessarily find the need to have a free Twitter just because number one, my content that is risque or spicy, if you will, is very limited. I'm not the type of person to take a lot of pictures and all that stuff. Um, though I have that stuff, I don't really feel like I have enough to be sharing it with folks and, like, getting off on that. Whatever. Mm. Uh, so, the I'm just not one to do that. That's not alleged. I'm speaking facts. Just because you don't want to stand in your truth 
doesn't mean you have to drag but, me into hold, it. Hold up. Whoa. So, whoa, uh, 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 as I said, I would find the meat This is all alleged. Mm, anyway. All alleged. Which takes me into my second question. What is it about not wanting to share your free Twitter handle? I'm so sick of my people that I follow. Because people, everybody does the same. Everybody. They'll go, they'll put up this real subliminal-ass post, be like, oh, that post I just put up on my free Twitter is banging. So the rest of us are in the comments like, side-eye emojis, all the gifs, looking, searching, what the fuck is the handle? Nobody ever wants to answer the question. Nobody. So why the fuck put it out there if you ain't gonna let people know where to follow your free Twitter? So, Lene, with your alleged ass, why uh, won't people share their free Twitter handle publicly? I mean, for the collective research that I've done. <laughs> You're so full of shit. <laughs> You're so fucking full of shit, I hate it. Uh-huh. What about this collection of information? That's got? right. From the collection of information I've gathered mm-hmm. on said topic well before today. Oh, wow. Wow. She's <clears throat> researched. Okay. Research. Mm. Don't you do that face. Mm-hmm. Don't you do that face. I'm starting to, to look like someone familiar. I'm, exactly. I'm waiting on this answer. Um, From the collective research that I've done, um, you know, some people just want their discussion. That's what I heard. A few of my friends, I have my five friends that are going through the same thing that he's describing. And this is what they're telling me. Okay. So then that takes me into my next question, which is, if you're going to have this free Twitter and you're not going to share the handle handle publicly, so how do you gain followers on your ultimate freak account? Like, Um, is the goal to have a lot of followers or is it specifically curated towards your own taste? I think we have to bring a professional. I'm speaking to a professional. You've done all this research, so why don't you know? What about your five friends? What do they say about this? I have to call them. Oh my God, you're so full of shit. Anyway. Excuse me? I just think that that free Twitters that people refuse to share Mm. is another professional level of trolling. Because you're putting it out there that you got this account, but you don't want to share it with the people. Which I get wanting to have a little discretion and not wanting everybody to know it. Because I've noticed that how people handle this is they'll put up their little teaser post about having the freak account and everybody's all intrigued and I know y'all DMs be popping. Because I have slid into people's DMs and been like, look, I saw it. Where's the fucking handle? Where's the beef? Hand it over. I mean... And then you get it. So I'm, so maybe, you know, that's how you curate shit. You weed out the people you want to know and those that you don't. And then you give them the handle and that's that. But, you know, since I don't have a professional to talk to me about it, I guess I'll never know. I mean, we can always bring a professional on. They can gladly tell you about I am an angel and a saint for seniors. How dare you? Alleged that I have such things, I am publicly denying that are false. According to Christian faith, Satan was all of, also an angel. Anyway, uh, uh, uh. moving on to the next topic and stirring the pot. This this stirring the pot thing, my God! We're gonna to talk Jesus. about 
boundaries. Oh, hell. Here we go. So, I've been doing a lot of self-reflection lately and looking online a lot of times the topics um, of discussion around boundaries come up from time to time. And a lot of us are struggling with figuring out how to set them, what they mean, what they look like, all of those sorts of things. So, my first question is, when, if ever, did you learn to set boundaries? I've learned how to set them within the past five years. Within the past five years? Mm-hmm. Okay. And how does that look for you? Like, what was the process? I, you know what? What I can say is one thing that boundaries will teach you, especially when you experience depression, is boundaries are necessary. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to place a boundary around someone, and if some, that person does not respect your boundaries, it's time to let them go. Yeah. And it's just, sometimes you have to want to do the work yourself, especially when it mm-hmm. comes to boundaries. It's like, listen, I know what triggers me personally from within. I know my triggers. I know what will set me off. I know what will send me to want to not be bothered. Right. You have to know them, and when you feel them, don't just automatically assume, oh, I'm overthinking. No, this person is doing something to make you uncomfortable, and they need to be checked about it. Right. Yeah. I, um, I'm still a work in process when it comes to creating boundaries, and I'm doing a little bit more of it now because... Again, this is why it's very important. This, first of all, this is why therapy is very important. Um, because I feel like for a long time, people didn't have language around boundaries and how important they are. And we were all taught to kind of like react a certain way in our personal relationships that we have with people. Mm-hmm. Be there platonic, business, romantic, all that shit. So I, looking back over my life, Um, I don't think that I was ever taught to set boundaries. Why not? Um, And and I I, I, want to take this time to say that I know that there are people out there that were fortunate enough to grow up in households where those lessons were taught. But more often than not, if I'm being real, just from experience from people that I know and conversations that I've had, a lot of us have not been taught boundaries. Mm -hmm. Uh, Specifically in the black community, I know for sure. Some, it's hard to teach people boundaries. Like, it's one of the hardest things that you have to do, especially when you have to place boundaries, like, on your family. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, those are the hardest boundaries because they don't understand, listen, this makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then you have certain friends where they don't understand, this makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. I've done a lot of self-help in, like, the past, I want to say, month or so. And one of the things that I realized with myself is I know that I went through a period where I flat out was depressed. Mm -hmm. And I probably, like, if I didn't, long story short, this week I took a trip because I made myself a promise. I was like, you know what? I lost a relative not too long ago, and one of the actual things that we got from her funeral was an actual bookmark. Okay. So I used that as my initiative to start reading again. Gotcha. Now, mind you, I am embarrassed to say how long it was since I actually read a book, mm-hmm. and 
literally Friday night, I read my, I finished my first book in like over ten years. Yeah, so I went to Barnes and Noble to start selecting my next book. I already ordered it. Like, um, I had ordered Bamboos by Jesus by um, Yvonne Orji. That was gonna be my next book because the first book I read was the the Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl, which mm-hmm. was Issa Rae's autobiography. Hilarious, by the way. <laughs> One little takeaway from it is when Sis was going into describing strippers and, like, imagine a woman stripping, coming out in a pantsuit and literally stripping to UNITY. Sent me on a spiral of laughter. Because <laughs> just imagining the actual imagery. Anywho, this one book in particular stood out. I was going to pick out another book that was um, spoke about injustices and the justice systems of black men. Mm-hmm. But something in my spirit said, put that down and pick up Check In by Michelle Williams. Gotcha. Now, if you guys have not read Check In, it has a lot to do with speaking about depression. And she spoke about her experience and hope that it would save someone else. Mm-hmm. So one thing that she spoke about that's very prevalent is my parents may not be there in age, but they had the same mindset. Mm-hmm. All of our parents were taught were, or we learned from our parents was basically you go to work, come home, you're with, like, come home, you're just with your family, and you just hope to do it over again, because she was saying her family grew up in the Great Depression, and that was their mindset. Our parents never took time out to take, to really think about emotions and feelings. Mm-hmm. That's, like, actually language that we just developed in, like, the past 10 years. Right. Yep. So, when I say that, I bring it back to say this. People don't understand when you set a boundary on them, and it's the hardest thing to implement, because we weren't taught boundaries because we don't know them. Mm-hmm. When you start to implement boundaries and what you will and won't allow someone within your circle to know, let alone having to mirror anything that you just want to keep to yourself, it's difficult, especially when you have people in your life that may come across to you as invasive. Gotcha. And that's why it's important to set boundaries. Mm-hmm even when those people don't understand it and hold them accountable when they violate said boundary. Got you. And that's a great segue into my next question, um, which is like growing up, how are boundaries developed between you and the adults in your home? And for me, the boundaries that were set for adults towards me were children were seen and not heard. Yep. So that already creates like this beginning whirlpool of mess where you feel muted, unseen, Uh um, feel like you don't have a right to say anything, which is a clusterfuck of disaster for your adult life. Because here it is, if I'm taught from a young age that I should quote unquote stay in my place, it kind of puts you in a space where your inner child continues to thrive on into your adulthood. And that's dangerous. And it's very dangerous because a lot of us end up growing up and getting older and still living and thinking like the child that was muted when we were young. You know, that's a really big self-discovery that a lot of people don't understand is that we really do outlive our inner child in our adulthood. Mm -hmm. We don't understand it. It's like... I remember I went to explain something to my parents. It was just, I was so conditioned to not want to upset someone that I would put their feelings above mine. And I've done it so much in my life that I'm now tired. Yeah. And 
increasing said boundary, like I said, it comes from a lot of mixed emotions, but mostly like you just said, putting boundaries on adults in your life is difficult. Yeah. Because they especially Lord knows I love mine, but especially your parents. Yeah. That's the hardest one yeah, to place boundaries yeah. on because they don't understand it. They'll believe in their head that you're holding back from it's like, no. It's a certain it's certain things that you just I don't need you in those spaces. Yeah, especially because a lot of how they feel about their offspring creating boundaries is rooted in the overlearned and overexpressed respectability politics. Mm-hmm. I'm the adult, I'm the mother, I'm the parent, you're supposed to do X, Y, and Z. Like, not only do we have this problem with our inner child still making, still being present in our lives, in our adulthood, but we have parents that keep looking at us as children and not Mm -hmm. as adults, you know, and still putting in place this whole, well, I'm the parent, so you need to respect me at all costs. I don't care how you feel about your life. I brought you here. Mm -hmm. So I take reign and precedence over your life and how you feel about it when that's simply not the truth. The funny part is I was having a discussion the other day and it was speaking of, in regards to I was told to honor my parents, mm-hmm. not become your servant for every little need. Right. Now, I pick from that this. When you're older, yes, it's time for me to come in, but me uh, going into my adulthood and setting my peace and finding out where I'm, and basically getting on my own too, mm-hmm. you cannot be around for that. Right. It's like, it's certain things, like when you propel to a certain level in your life, whether it's career or anything else that you might have going on, once you propel in that space and you literally have tunnel vision, it's hard for your parents to understand why you're being, why they're being shut out. It's like, listen, I'm trying to figure this out for myself and I don't need your doubts your insecurities to project onto me while I'm trying to figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. If I need to fail, let me fail on my own. That's right. And you just gonna have to be good with that. Yeah. Cause I, I'll be damned. Like me personally, I'll be damned. Like no. Yeah. Because you've allowed so long for someone's like their insecurities to be projected onto you, mm-hmm. it weighs on you so much, and yes. that is a major reason why boundaries are so fucking important. They're extremely important. And I just, like, I I cannot stress enough how much we all need to learn more about setting boundaries. Because it literally makes space for you to live your best life. Mm-hmm. And it also puts you in a space where it helps to weed out people that are really there for you and those that aren't. Right. Because if people can't respect your boundaries, they shouldn't be there. It's hard. Like... It's hard. As someone that went through a certain situation with, regarding boundaries, it is hard. Yeah, it's very hard. It's but, not easy at all. Yeah, but even still, the hardest things create the best profit. If you don't put the work in, you won't get the reward. I mean, so. fair. All right. Moving along to something a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. My next topic is send nudes. So, I found a new obsession on Instagram. Uh, This brother I really, really appreciate. Like, I encourage everybody to follow this page because he be dropping some gems. 
Uh, and the Instagram page is called Sex Ed with Ty. That's T Y. Um, and he brought up this conversation about nudes. So I'm going to kick it off with the first slide, well, the second slide that he put up mm. with his question. And it says, if sex is defined as the consensual exchange of erotic energy, is sharing nudes considered a form of sex? Ooh. What do you think? I'm going to have to go with the latter and say no. No? No. I think, well, his answer was absolutely, and I have to say that I feel like it can be a part of sex because, not for nothing, let's keep it real, a lot of us send nudes with the intention to entice, and enticing is a form of foreplay. But then you have, it goes back to my rant from earlier, child. Then you have the motherfuckers that don't know how to approach someone and have that conversation. So, if I can count on hand how many times I receive unsolicited news, <laughs> I would be out of fingers. Yep. Well, yes. And I hate receiving them because it's like, you literally could have just said hi. Like, you literally could have tried to entice me to want to send news or even you send them mm-hmm. and I'm, it's not like you're asking a lot it's just my gosh y'all are out of touch and it's exhausting mm. I don't like personally I don't feel that sending news is a form of sex okay I feel like if you send pictures like if let's say you're at a house party on FT and y'all jerking off that's a form of sex that okay. I just don't subscribe to personally mm-hmm. but that to me is a form of sex but sending news mm-hmm. Personally, I don't. Gotcha. Okay. So that goes to my first question. Can you remember one of the first nudes you ever sent? What was that experience like for you? You're asking the young hoe. Hold on. <laughs> I had to think about it, too. And I'm like, thinking about the age of cell phones and how they've evolved. Because we were literally either young adults or in our early 20s for me. When mm-hmm. cell phones got cameras and then and sending news became to, it was easier to actually send videos and stuff like that. Yes. Damn, so for me, back, back. like, I got to think about it. If I'm being real, I probably sent my first nude around 2003, 2004. And I remember being like, really self-conscious about how I looked wanting to get the angle right wanting it to be sexy and all this other shit and then I sent it and you know stuff comes after that that's at that point was like really exciting because it was something brand new like before that wasn't no cameras on cell phones or anything like that so if you wanted to see somebody naked you had to be with them see them naked (laughs) so I had, you know, it brings me back to my research. Mm. And, you know, just like what Professor Marlon just said, okay, I was told by those that have alternate Twitters, I'm going to keep their names a secret because I have to protect their identities. Insert Beyonce's no angel here, please. Thank you. Um, excuse me? Continue. Either way. (laughs) So... 
that exact reason. It's part of the reason that I believe I'm sold as my consensus. From uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that, you know, it removes the self-conscious. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, maybe I want to post this picture today. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I want to go in this lighting. I'll probably figure out my angles and learn how to take a certain picture. Right. It removes the actual critique of people that may know you. Mm-hmm. So I've been told. Mm-hmm. So that's a, re- a reason why I believe people have alternate Twitters. Mm-hmm. Anyway, bounced all over that question. So, do you feel like the culture of sending nudes has tainted your dating experience in any way? God, yes. <laughs> God, yes. Because y'all don't know. People really forgot the art of conversation. Mm-hmm. They forgot how to talk, how to say hi, how to actually lead up to the sex. Mm-hmm. People just throw a nude and think you're supposed to interact with them. That's not a hi. It's not a handshake. What is wrong with you people? Uh-huh. Like, why are you sending nudes and not have, able to have a conversation? I'll see a torso. I'll see an ass. I'll see a chest. But I won't. But literally... Y'all will never show your face, but I see dick and ass all willy-nilly. So, can I ask you a sub-question to that? So, do you feel like that speaks to what people are really concerned or focused on as opposed to dating? Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. It goes for both. Okay. Because I've had in the past dudes that approach me on regular conversation leading to them wanting to be casual. Right. Now? Send a nude. Ask pics. Send pics. You can send a text. You can say hi. You can say what's good. You can have general conversation. You didn't entice me to want me to open the front door, let alone see my address. Mm-hmm. You did none of the work. Mm-hmm. But you want to cop out because you sent a dick pic? I'm supposed to react because you showed me a picture of a dick you found on Google? The one that you found on Twitter randomly, one of the pics that someone else sent you, some of the pics that someone else sent you that you're using to try and bait someone else to send you more news. Why do we have to do this? We are too old for this shit. Especially, and especially, this is a rant, especially for the motherfucking way you can tell that the picture is fake. It's certain when it's circulating around y'all know what I know, real ho shit. Mm. When a picture has circulated too much, mm-hmm. It starts to pixelate in value. So it starts to look a little funny. Mm. So by the time you see the picture and you're looking at it like, well, why it looks so pixelated? Because it was saved after someone had been sitting around for a couple of times. The resolution be telling on y'all, y'all be forgetting that Damn, shit. Damn, you just hit me to some new shit. I didn't even think about that. You can always tell if the dick pic is fake. You can tell if it's recycled. You can tell if it's not theirs. And this not to point anybody out. I'd be like, and it's even worse when it's a dude that you've seen before someone that you know. Mm. And I'm like, okay, you're not that person because I know them. Then all of a sudden you're blocked. Right. <laughs> that is crazy. You know, I have not been on a dating dating scene like that in a long time. But thinking about, like, when I was sending nudes, altered my dating experience. Only in the sense that I got a taste of what was to come. Instead of like wondering or having to show up to the party in order to get it started. Uh You know? And like now, I find that I don't just 
send news to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of have to have a conversation with you. I got to feel out your energy and then decide from there. And, and there are even people that share news with me regularly that I sparsely share anything with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because I just don't... It's not as enticing to me anymore. Because they're so readily available now, you sending me a new is cool, but it's not what it was when we first started this culture of sending news to folks. You know what it's I mean? Not. Before it became a catchphrase. Because it's been going on way before then. Mm-hmm. I feel like send news has become a catchphrase within the last maybe four to five years. Mm-hmm. It's become like a catchphrase thing to say. But... Yeah, I, that's, that's, I don't know. So, let me ask you this. What's your checklist for a good nude to send and to receive? That's a hard question to ask someone that has body dysmorphia. Okay. So, it's hard deciphering what's feasible and what's not. Okay. And, like, like the research has shown, when you're trying to figure out what works, mm-hmm. it's hard. So, it's like... You beat yourself up so much with sending news mm-hmm. that a lot of people do not understand how much you go through. Like, to post a picture, whether it's a nude, whether it's a Facebook, whether you're out, you scrutinize yourself so much before you even allow the public to scrutinize you. Yeah. So, when it comes to news now, before, we didn't care. Right. Take a picture of the ass. Oh, shit, it's the ass. Right. Take a picture of the Oh, shit, that's hot. Now, because, it, like you said, it's so readily available, mm-hmm. it's like, mm, it don't look fat enough here. Mm-hmm. It look mad small. Maybe I should be semi-hard. Right. Maybe I should bend over a little bit, given the lore. Right. Bend over on the couch or bed or something. It's hard. Like, you beat yourself up just to send one fucking nude. Gotcha. And people don't understand it. It's like, for me, it's an obstacle. It's become an obstacle as of late. Okay. I'm not going to hold anybody to it. It's been an obstacle. I'm like, I can sit here and want to get, and you know, just want someone to ravish me, mm. just ravish me in the morning. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I don't think y'all need to understand how bad I just rolled my eyes. Right. That's how bad it is. So what about receiving a good nude? What's your checklist for that? You know, as mother bottom, mm-hmm. I like, you know, a thing that's a little girthy with a little bang. Mm-hmm. Paul say just a tag. I love a little live video news. Oh, okay. If you have an iPhone, you know exactly what I'm okay. talking about. When you hold the picture a little bit longer, when you see the little circles at the top, mm. it goes a little bit longer, you see the movement, especially when it's a, when it's a good move and they hard, and you can even see that they were flexing and swinging a little bit. Yeah, I'm putting y'all up on okay. game. Okay. I'm putting y'all up on game. All right. All I'm putting right. y'all up on game. But, mm, damn, I lost train of thought. <laughs> you got lost in the dick. What's the checklist for receiving a good news for you? I actually gave you the list. Yeah, you did. That's why the checklist was like, oh, God. Okay. So, now me, sending a good nude, because I don't take them often, um, a lot of that is attributed to the fact that I, my man sends nude all the time. So, you know, I, though I do take pictures personally for him. Uh, but sending a good nude for me, I. My angle gotta be right. Lighting. A lot of what you said, like, it's really interesting now because because we're so heavily scrutinized on the visual now, you pay attention to so much shit. 
especially now because we have the ability to zoom in on shit, mm-hmm. color gotta be right, all this other stuff, and even still with the news that I have and that I might share, it I take a few before I even decide that that's a good one. So, but receiving a good news, mm-hmm. I love a good artistic energy. Mm-hmm. I love a good pose. Good poses are always nice. I'm an ass man, so give me a good shot of ass, standing up, laying on the side, whatever you decide. Just make sure it look good. I'm all for that. For the dick pics, please lotion your phallus. Please. Can we have a moment? Lotion your phallus. It's I'm right. so tired of seeing the ass dicks. We're going to get whole tits outside <laughs> of the hotel episode. <laughs> I, I, he just brought up a valid set of waypoint that I need to talk about. <laughs> This is a rant. This is a whole rant. Listen. It's a real one. Okay? I understand that some of y'all like the lore of musk and all those different things. Baby. But let's be clear. Lotion and baby oil go a long motherfucking a way. Long okay? Lo- lotion that penis. Please. Lotion the ass. And ladies, you know, get in between that thing. Don't get, of course, y'all get irritable down there, but whatever. I mean, make it look, make it look moisturized. Make it look presentable. Do, make it look presentable. Act Listen, like you sprinkle it with a little water, some mist it. You know, do something. Fresh out the shower. Let this water trickle down. Just get a picture yeah. of that while it's wet. Mm-hmm. For real. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm giving y'all pointers. <laughs> I shouldn't be doing that. So, my last point of my stirring the pot segment, which I'm going to continue moving forward, is called how it make you feel. Oh lord. So. These are posts that I find that are inspirational quotes that pose a question and they spark a certain feeling or thought. So, this week's post comes from Peace Wesley, and that's P-A-C-E-W-E-S-L-Y. And their post that they put up says, don't let that hurt child inside of you make your adult decision. How'd it make you feel, friend? It's Sunday. I'm going to say that. Because <laughs> it, it felt like I went to church. Listen, I saw this, and this was also um, something that was said by Kylie Sonique Love on RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star 6, which I am currently watching because I'm a super gay. It, listen, sidebar, um, sidebar. <laughs> I, I, I love Drag Race. I have my own personal opinions as to why I don't watch Drag Race. Mm. But however, if I ask you to stomach one of my shows, I'll stomach Drag Race. Mm-hmm. So, um, but she said that, and I remember watching the episode, and she said it, and I was like, God damn, homie. It made me realize how many of us are experiencing this and don't even know it that a lot of the issues and the trials that we go through in our adult life is because we have not done the inner child work and we're allowing our past selves where we are hurt and dealing with trauma to make a lot of the decisions that we make right now, specifically in love and romantic relationships. It's one of the hardest things to learn. It's like I had my mom, it's funny you say this, my mom only says a lot of stuff inside the family group chat. If you're a real one, you already know. Your family got a family group chat. Every family 
has a family group chat, and it may not be your whole family. Right. But I, I can speak individually. My immediate family has a group chat. Mm-hmm. My mother loves to send quotes inside of it, and since my sister has taught her how to use TikTok, my mother has ever since been sending us screen, uh, like basically sending us TikTok posts. And one in particular is a woman describing her going on a date with a man, and she's like, Basically, she's still doubting him. She's working through her own insecurities, and he notices it. And she mentions in the video, she made a snide remark when it came to him paying for the bill for the going on a date. And he got up, took a sip of his wine, um, and walked over to her, kissed her on the forehead, and he said, you need to heal before you date, and walked out. And then she said, like, she thought she was left in the restaurant, and all of a sudden she got a, um, a notification that she had an Uber coming for her. Mm. Now... She said the biggest lesson she learned from that date was he was telling her the truth. And a lot of us, and me, I make it publicly known, I've been single for seven years. At this point, it's more on, especially in this generation, we have to do the work. It's hard to do the work because I can speak as someone that literally has been trying to find a therapist mm-hmm. for the past, like, what, two, three years now? Mm-hmm. It's not easy because you can't find them like insurance makes it hard for you to find them it's hard like they'll give you a list of doctors and you can leave phone calls and emails and they will not get back to you right it's like it's hard to start the work when you're doing it by yourself and yes therapy is a bill in itself anyone that goes to therapy knows therapy is literally a bill in itself it's like having a second cable bill it's a bill by itself now, if you have insurance, it covers the majority of it. Right. But it's hard to work, especially the work that you need to see a therapist or a counselor for, which is dealing with your inner child and resolving that inner child so that way it's out of the way for you making your adult decisions. Because a lot of us are still trying to heal that inner child or that inner preteen, that inner adult that literally was just the peak of our confidence or the epitome of our ego. Mm-hmm. Like, we always want to protect those phases of us. Right. And it's hard to do so, especially when you have not done the work on your inner child. Right. It's a deep... Like, whenever you work on your inner child, it's deep. It's a deep dive, child. It's a, a really deep, deep dive. dive. Because more often than not, all of the issues that we have in our adult life are usually rooted in what we went through in our childhood. Mm-hmm. And when people don't know that it exasperates the situation even more. But for those of us that do know that, there's a dance that comes along with it where you have to go through situations and problems and then take a self step back and do the self-reflection and realize, this is my inner child speaking. This is some shit that happened to me when I was younger that makes me feel the way that I'm feeling right now about this situation. And what do I do to soothe and appease my inner child to help them understand that this is not necessarily a problem. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the language for that, if you've never been to therapy, if you ain't never really been into self-help or anything like that, you can go on and on throughout your entire life going through this revolving door of problems over and over again, still exasperating that shit all the time and never know because you've never taken time to think about what happened in my past that makes me feel the way I feel about this right now? 
and we don't ever resort back to that being the reasoning as to why we're making decisions. Exactly. Like, our inner child speaks a lot. And sometimes, until you learn to control that inner child, you're going to forever have problems. It is, like I said, it is not easy work at all. It's the furthest from easy. It's the unlearned patterns and habits that picked up. Right. And especially when it comes to, I can speak, like I always have to speak from personal experience, as someone... I'm always protective of, it's always certain ages that you're protective of yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm always protective of Lonnie at seven. Mm-hmm. I'm always protective, Lord Jesus, of Lonnie at 14. Mm-hmm. Lonnie at 14, going on 15, was a pivotal age. Mm-hmm. And I'm always protective of Lonnie at 24. Okay. Now, these ages, mainly me as a child, because I started to discover that I was a little different. Mm-hmm. Then me as a teenager was accepting I was different and dealing with the ridicule that came from the world mm-hmm. for it. And then 24 was like the last time I really felt like truly confident in myself. Gosh. Was like in my close to mid-20s, so I'll say like 24. I was a bad bitch. Mm-hmm. I'd say to anybody, I was a motherfucking bad bitch. But it's hard to remember those ages and the things that you went through, especially when you're a sentimental person and you hold on to those things and all of those things perpetuate in your relationships, your friendships, your interactions with your family, it all trickles down to how you deal with your inner child. And because of the fact that Lonnie at seven and 14 on a 15 conquer a lot of my thoughts, it's hard mm-hmm. to get out of that pattern. It's not easy and it requires the work. Absolutely. It requires the work. Absolutely. All right. So I'm putting my spoon in the dishwasher so it can be washed. And I'm putting the lid on this top. That was stirring the pot, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to yell at him off air about this Because <laughs> I didn't approve it. And my God, I didn't approve to have a therapy session on my own damn show. Whatever. Anyway, so that concludes our episode of Who Raised You Hoes. You all know before we go, we got to give our mental health tip of the week. Hey, Friend, yeah. what hey. you got this week? Mm-hmm. I am giving air because I am giving thoughts. <laughs> I am going to go with this. Because we talk a lot about self-help and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Listen to yourself. Okay. Um, that comes in all aspects, but I'm mainly talking right now mentally. Listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to understand that you can call that something's wrong before anyone else does. Mm. And I promise you, when I am done with this book, because you can hear it influence a lot of what I had to say today, if once you get, once I get done with this book, it's going to be a full-blown, wholehearted discussion when I'm done. Right. Now, it's just, you have to do the work for yourself. Sometimes, you have to do the deep dive that you don't want to do, that you want no one else to know that you're doing to uncover why things are this way. Mm-hmm. But, take that time. Learn yourself, girl. Okay. And my mental health tip this week is to stand up for yourself. Hello. More often than not, we mm. 
take the back burner to other people's emotions in our lives and we don't stand up for what is right for us. Mm-hmm. People will only love you the way that you teach them to love you. So if you don't take out the time to stand up for yourself when something doesn't feel right to you, you will always garner the same results. And we all hate revolving doors. So speaking from experience and someone that's trying to get better at speaking up and standing up for himself at all times, I encourage everybody to do the same. Stand up for you. Stand up for what's right for you and what's comfortable for you so that you can have healthier and more meaningful relationships in your life. Before we go, with one tweet in particular. I remember I quoted that shit because my girl had me fucked up this morning and I had to let out how I felt before she had me all types of fucked up. So sis had the nerve to say this. She said, you may be posting for fun, but someone out there is looking at your post and be like, I can't date this type of person. My quote says the following. And that's a form of people pleasing. <laughs> that person is just not for you. That's it. That's it. Like, it's hard to come to that realization. That person literally is just not for you. And once you have learned how to people please, trust me, it's so much brighter when you learn the power of the word you know. Hello. Uh. All right, y'all. So thank you for joining us over here at Who Raised You Hoes with the whole nation. Before we go, we say it all the time. Like, comment, rate, and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your yes. mamas, tell your haters so they can listen too. To join us over here at Who Raised You Hoes podcast, make sure that when we post on Mondays that you share with all of your peoples across all platforms. Hold on. Yes. Yes. But I want to see more of y'all actually listening to the show. Ooh. I want to see more. Mm. I want to see more of it. I want to see you listening. I want to see quotes. Mm. I want to see clapping emojis. I want to see all of the shit. Okay? Damn it. Tired. (laughs) Okay? I want shit to repose. That's right. And listen, you can find us over at WRYH Podcast on IG. Send in your listener letters to askwryh at gmail.com. That's right. And make sure you put them in there. Listen, if you want us to go on a rant for you personally, if you need to be scolded about something. You want to take a mental health tip for the week. Listen, if you want to send in a mental health tip for the week, we accept those too because we all need that help. So go ahead, make that shit happen, y'all. And, uh, friend, you got anything before we go? That is it, and that is all right, bitches. So, whole nation, we out of here. Bye, ho. Bye, ho. Bye.